You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome back to 80s Revisited Halloween Horror Creature Feature Spectacular. This week we're talking about Rawhead Rex, which came out on April 17th, 1987. You probably haven't heard of this one, but two days later, the Simpsons cartoon first appeared on the Tracy Ullman show, so that kind of dates mm. it when it came out, and it's still running. But you know what's not still running? The Rawhead Rex franchise. Aww. More on that coming up on this episode of 80s Revisited. That's right. If anybody happened to guess it, we don't know right now because we're still recording in the past, yeah. at least when you're listening to this. Uh, but yeah, Rawhead Rex. Rawhead Rex. Yeah. Did you get it right, people? We don't know yet, but... We don't know. Next week, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, by the time you listen to this, we might, but at the time of recording, we don't have a damn clue. <laughs> and speaking of recording, I'm your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my the Rex to my raw head, Jesse Sedgley. <laughs> Sure I am. <laughs> and we're back with our latest, probably not greatest, episode for Halloween Horror this year. Creature Features. Had to throw another creature in there. And there were some other options. But uh, I'd only seen this movie once when I was inebriated, so I wanted to watch it again. So what better reason to watch this again, for me personally at least, than to have to do it for the podcast for all you lovely ladies and germs out there. But Raw Head Rex, everybody. It released April 17th, 1987. IMDb gives it a generous 5.0. Rotten Tomatoes, however, <laughs> critics give it 33%, 41% audience. I'm more in line with the critics on this one. Spoiler alert. I could find zero information on budget, opening, all that stuff. Wow. However, the week of April 17th, 1987, that it opened, Michael J. Fox was number one at the box office for the second week in a row with Secret of My Success. And also, it's worth noting that in the top 10 films for that weekend, Platoon was number six in its 18th week of release. However, at number 10 in its 29th week at the theater, Crocodile Dundee. I don't know if any film stays at a theater that long anymore. 29 weeks. Kids movies. Maybe, but Maybe. they're coming out. So movie. Toy Story 4, wasn't that funny? <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, you know, you hear like, I don't know, what's the last big hit? I guess it's it's still playing, but it's been out for like maybe eight weeks. Came out in August, yeah. late August, so only eight. Platoon you're talking was, about a popular drop-off. I imagine some of these movies go to the cheaper budget theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, possibly. The formerly dollar theaters. <laughs> now they're $5 theaters. But also, too, like, you know, we're talking 1987 here. No Netflix. Yeah. There was just video stores and dollar theaters. Dollar theaters were like the inter- intermediary between... The big theaters, dollar theater, then you know it's coming on home video when it's no longer at the dollar theater. Yeah. Kind of like a kind of an indicator, like, okay, any, you know, in a couple weeks we should have it on video. But yeah, movies don't usually last that long at all. Uh, you know, aside from like your Avatar, Titanic, maybe. And I'm, I'm sure if you look, if it's playing in a theater in the world, you, I'm sure you're seeing that number. But I'm talking about to where a top 10 domestic box office report 
a film that's been out for half a year is still in the top ten. Well, if we're talking about number one weekends, E.T. has the longest with 16 weeks. And that was like, what, 1981, 82? That was 1982. Yeah. June. Summer, even. Yeah. Blockbuster. Spielberg. Spielberg released a movie in the summer. Call me a blockbuster. Followed by Titanic at 15 weeks. And E.T. was what, six, what'd you say? Uh, 16 weeks. 16, and then Titanic was 15, and then... Yep, and the next one at 14 weeks movie. is a tie. One of them starring Eddie Murphy. Beverly Hills Cop. Correct, and the other starring Dustin Hoffman. Hmm... Tootsie? Correct. Ha <laughs> I'm invincible! <laughs> and then followed by 12 Weeks, starring Macaulay Culkin. Take Home a Alone? Guess yeah. Home Alone 2? Or oh, the, no, the, the Good Son. Yeah. The Good Son. Yeah. <laughs> People see, love that see, movie. the most recent film on that list is Titanic. And that was 96, True. 97? 97. Yeah, so... Yeah, 99, um, Sixth Sense uh, was number one for five weeks. Mm-hmm. It drops off pretty fast. Yeah. But see, that um, one at the time... 03, Return of the King, mm-hmm. four weeks. But yeah, I mean, this is we're talking about number one, though. Yeah. Not just run in the theater. But still, that, but I mean, it's, I think to me, that's just a similar picture, painting a similar picture, because you know, being number one, that's a big thing, but still, like, 29 weeks still playing in the top 10. I don't know how we could sure. find those numbers. I mean, Star Wars screened for 44 weeks. Yeah. Um, Back to the Future for 37 weeks, Beverly Hills Cop for 30 weeks. E.T. was in theaters for over a year. Wow. So, <laughs> But I'll, I do know they re-released it, so I don't, I, don't know, I don't know the measuring stick. Oh, actually, no, I take it back. They, they released it a, a year or two after in the theater. So that's, that, right. that's the, yeah, that would be in included yeah. in that. So, yeah. But again, the, back, like you said, back in the day, that's, you know, video stores weren't even around that early. For the most part, VCRs were you know thousand dollar pieces of machinery, mm-hmm. so that wasn't exactly widely out. So you had to go to the theater, you had to go see Star Wars five or six times at the theater because you didn't know when you were going to see it again till TV. Yeah. But I, I don't even not being alive then, I have no clue what that kind of turnaround was. <laughs> you know, so it's it, it's really inter- I like to find some really detailed like information like on like. Stuff like that, yeah. Uh, just to see how the trend, like the the graphs and all that, that would be numbers I would be willing to crunch because I hate math. But that would be fun. <laughs> but like I said, no info domestically, worldwide or rentals for this film. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. It was directed by George Pavlou, who also directed Underworld, the nineteen eighty three version that nobody's heard about, mm. and a movie called Little Devils: The Birth that nobody has also ever heard about. Now, the biggest star of this film is the writer. It is none other than Clive Barker, and the only reason that I paid any attention to this movie, because Clive Barker, Hellraiser, uh, obviously you know, author, uh, big author, Lord of Illusions is his, uh, Midnight Meat Train. Uh, he did a great video game called Jericho, which was really awesome back in the day. I keep using that term this episode. Uh, a few years ago, it was really great. Uh, so he's the, he's the reason there's anything decent or the, he's the real, uh, I'm getting kind of tongue-tied, but he is the only talent in this film based upon also what you're going to see what everybody else has done. <laughs> but uh, this is, Rawhead Rex is based on a short story in volume three of Barker's Books of Blood. The series also, I believe, has the Hellbound Heart, which is obviously the basis for Hellraiser. Uh, David Dukes, plural, <laughs> Not, That's important. <laughs> not the Louisiana politician who I'm sad to say is a politician in our state, uh, leader of the KKK. Uh, but this is David Dukes, the English version of David Duke. Well, that's even that's even. No, he's no version of David Duke. He's David Dukes. He's his own person. He's the actor. He 
He plays Howard. He was in Gods and Monsters, which I haven't seen it. I didn't see that until last year, actually, because I bought the Blu-ray set of the Universal Monsters. Uh, and last year we watched, you know, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Visible Man, Dracula, all those, the, the, the classic monster films. And as I was watching those, and just uh, as I was researching which version of the Blu-ray set to get, because there was a European version and an American version, mm-hmm. someone was saying, mentioned Gods and Monsters. And I've always heard of that film. I had no clue what it was about. I just knew that Ian McKellen was in it, and I think he won an Oscar for it or was nominated for it. But anyway, uh, but it's about the director of The Bride of Frankenstein, who was a closeted homosexual at the time. And it's got Brendan Fraser in it. So it's a drama movie, but it's about that gentleman. I can't think of his real name. But it's a great story. It's a good movie. Uh, but he was in Talking that. David Gods Dukes was in that. Yeah. Okay. Not Rawhead Rex. This is, this is nothing. Yeah. James Whale. That's it. Uh, uh, and he also was in the Josephine Baker story, which is based on Josephine Baker, who I believe was born in Louisiana as well. So hmm. his name has an infamous tie to the state, as does one of his projects that he started. Uh, Kelly Piper was Elaine. She was in Maniac, the original, not the Elijah Wood remake, and also a movie called Vice Squad. Uh, Ronan Wilmot was Declan. He was also in The Name of the Father, another Irish heavy movie. And uh, the TV version of Sweeney Todd. Not in America. This was European, obviously. And Niall Toybin was Reverend Coot. <laughs> That's got to be one of the funny, one of the best character names next to Gibson Rickenbacker. And <laughs> we had one a couple weeks ago, too. I forgot. Uh, but he was in Far and Away, another Irish film. <laughs> and lots of Irish TV. And Donald McCann was Tom. He was also in Out of Africa and High Spirits. And finally, Heinrich von Schellendorf was Rawhead Rex. Hmm. And this was his only role, aside from the documentary on the making of Rawhead Rex, which I imagine is going to be included on the DVD, the Blu-ray, the 4K restoration Blu-ray, which came out just last week for all you Rawhead Rex fans. Oh, yeah. So by complete circumstance, this episode is actually one of the most timeliest ones we've ever done. <laughs> well, then. But a uh, quick or- synopsis... <laughs> Uh, there's a English guy visiting Ireland, researching like just uh, culture and stuff. And basically, this farmer finds this gigantic rock in a field as the storm's coming, and he starts. He's trying to get the rock out, and then kind of it's a huge pillar. It's not even a rock. I mean, I was it's huge. Say, one rock. <laughs> he like you know. Eventually, it falls. It, lightning hits it, and it starts shaking as he's trying to get it up. It falls on him, and then out of the ground comes. The pagan god Rawhead Rex. Now it's a it's a cool shot when he emerges. When I'm watching it this time, completely sober, I'm like, oh, that's cool, because I know how silly it in, it looks later on in the film based on screenshots I mean, and he my looks drunken like memory. A, a villain from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he looks like a, a Teenage Secret Mutant Ninja years. Turtles figure. <laughs> yeah, that they literally copied. Like yeah. exact, they didn't adjust it for the feasibility of an actor in a suit. They just said right. that figure on screen. Yeah. And Clyde Barker himself described Rawhead as a nine-foot-tall phallus with teeth. Clyde Barker was not impressed what they did with his work with this film. Wow. But, uh, yeah, that first shot where he comes up, I'm like, okay, this looks cool. I can dig this. Uh, and then it's straight downhill. Hmm. The titular character of Rawhead Rex is so goofy looking. Yeah. You know, we go from last week, from one of the greatest, arguably the greatest makeup ever put on film, uh, to some, to many, uh, to one of the worst rubber mask, horrible. He look. It almost looks like a WWE gimmick. <laughs> well, why don't we give uh, credit to the makeup department then with uh, Rosie Blackmore who did. Uh, let's see, what's she done? Mystic Knight. Never heard of it. The Devil's Own. Wait, the Brad Pitt 
Yeah. Uh, and he must uh, have like applied Harrison like some Ford. scars or something. I think it's a girl, but yeah, Rosie. sounds like it. I would assume. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, some cruel parents chasing leprechauns, not leprechaun. But yeah, none of these things have makeup Requ- or or like, necessarily require a nine foot tall monster. Right. Well, she was just the makeup artist, so that's to be fair. Effects yeah. makeup artist okay, there was we go. Fiona Kemp. Um, I would we- also assume that that's a female. Sure. Four credits to her name. Uh, this was not her first. Vengeance was her first. Vengeance doesn't even have a poster for the movie. That tells us all we need to know. Yeah. Um, she followed Rawhead Rex with the dead donkey. Oh, no. Drop the dead donkey. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what that is. I don't know if that's a porn or a horror movie. I don't know what that is. I don't have any <laughs> it's idea. It's a TV series that actually ran for eight years. Wow. Political satire. And then followed by Red Dwarf. Okay. Which I believe is still running. Now, I can see that because I can see the effects from this film being palpable for a television show. Yes. At that yeah. time, in 1987. Absolutely. Not a theatrical film where the title character... I mean, this is 87. This is post-legend. There is no excuse for something like this. Nothing like this. But uh, in case you didn't notice, I don't like this movie. Uh, my apologies to the Rawhead Rex fans. Now, I will say this. I enjoyed it a lot more from my memory when I was drinking and drunk watching it originally as opposed to watching it with a critical eye. So, and everybody likes bad movies. I've said, I've said this diatribe before. If you like this movie, there's nothing wrong with that. Be proud of it. Watch your 4K restoration one. I would, like, I would watch this again on 4K if the PlayStation 4 Pro actually played 4K Blu-rays uh, in rant. But uh, just because it, it's, it's not a good movie, but I, I, I see the appeal. Granted, I think Street Fighter with Van Damme is one of the greatest films ever made. So throw your stones at my glass house. They'll bounce off. <laughs> so you know, there's a place for films like this. However, it's, it's not good. <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it, this is one that I would love to see the Rift Tracks group do mm. one year for Halloween or something like that. It, it deserves, this film deserves that. Well, they're listening. Yep. Hey, guys. Mike Nelson, I know you're listening. You're a big fan of our show, right? Uh, but uh, Clyde Barker, as I before, he hated the film. However, his distaste for what was done with his uh, book adaptation in this film led him to have a hands-on role when making Hellraiser. And mm-hmm. one of these films has a franchise, and the other one doesn't. <laughs> the other one is back in hell where it belongs. Until the jump scare at the end where Rawhead miraculously pops up from behind a tombstone. <laughs> Surprising nobody. Uh, but this film was, this again, came out in 87. It was not released on DVD until uh, 12 years later in 1999. And uh, just this past week on October 17th, um, we don't know because we're recording this in the past, but there was a 4K restoration that was supposed to be released. So that's what I mentioned earlier. If you're a fan of the film, you probably have your 4K and you probably watched it four or five times. I would imagine the that version, though, would include the documentary that was the second credit that Heinrich von Schellendorf had on his IMDb. So I would like to see a documentary on it. I always found those interesting. Now, they did plan to remake this film, uh, which, hey, we all know my stance on remakes. Not going to get into that. But this is one you could remake. Sure. If you get Rick Baker to do your effects, or Rob Botan, or uh, Tom Savini. and you, Or you a know, computer these days. <laughs> it, would be, it would be better than these practical effects. But that's all they're going to do anyway. So. Yeah. However, this was canceled because Barker is still trying to get Hellraiser rebooted with him mm. helming it. That's kind of the stipulation because uh, they've done the last Hellraiser movie was like a direct to a VOD. Mm-hmm. 
movie, and that was the first time they recast Pinhead. Straight and it's a blockbuster. And it's been, I haven't seen it, but I've just heard it's not, do not even watch it, it's so bad. Wow. Excuse me. So yeah, Barker, pretty much he's trying to just get the Hellraiser franchise rebooted, which I'm all about it, because he's involved with it. The creator of the mo- the original movie, the writer of the book, the source material, the god of that universe was the one who wants to do this. So I have confidence in that. Uh, yeah, and that's, that is literally, everybody, the only information I can find on this film. I scoured the internet. Am I scouring the internet? I mean IMDb, mm. Rotten Tomatoes, and Wikipedia. And Google, but they all directed me to Wikipedia, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, granted, that documentary that's out now probably has a lot of information on it. I can't say much about that because I haven't watched it, and I will not buy this 4K <laughs> to watch <laughs> that because I'm sure I can find it on YouTube or other nefarious means if I really, really wanted to. So instead of having a short show because of the lack of information on this film... <laughs> Uh, and there's really not too much that I can say about it, personally, that I haven't already said, I came up with my top ten, as, since this is Creature Features mm-hmm. this year, and every year we usually have some sort of top ten list or countdown of something, I'm going to get my personal top ten movie monsters. Now, mo- emphasis, emphasis on the monsters. Emphasis. Uh, and here's my criteria for deciding what constitutes a movie monster for this list. No slashers. Jason Voorhees, you're not, on, you're not a monster in this. And non-human. So Frankenstein's monster, you're a, one of the classic movie monsters, quote-unquote, but for criteria of creature features, you're a zombie. Yeah. Although, not too a zombie. Humanoid. You're a, yeah, you're, you're too human. So honorable mentions first. Uh, Predator. Uh, definitely Sam Winston did the effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, creature, the original Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, sorry, my wife is just telling me that my food will be there in a little bit, so which is good because we're almost done. But uh, anyway, number ten, I'll go with the Gremlins from obviously Gremlins uh, one and nice. two. Favorite the, Gremlin in part two? The uh, I like the spider one because that is when that's when <laughs> nice. Gizmo uh, does his Rambo impression. Yeah, and ever since when I was a kid, and when I saw he takes the paperclip, bends it back, gets the rubber yeah. band, <laughs> I made so Everybody many of those. Like, like <laughs> and I'll be like. Takes a liquid paper, makes a Molotov cocktail, which is, that's so ridiculous to me, too. It's a movie, so we're just making fun of it. But liquid paper is a plastic container. (laughs) If he shot it at the thing, it would just bounce off of him. It wouldn't drip out. It would ooze out. It would just light on fire in the bottle and just fizzle out. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, the spider woman was my favorite because of that that scene with Gizmo going Rambo as a kid. I was like, yes, this is the part of my favorite part. And then, well, the bat, where the bat flies out through the right. window and it leaves the bat signal. Yeah. And then, of course, the drag queen one. So there's, yeah. we talked about this before. That's such sure. an underrated sequel. Yeah. It's a great sequel to the original. It is. It really, and like, as a kid, I rented Gremlins 2 way more than part one. Yeah. Because part one. I barely remember part one. Like, I had Spike and that's all I remember. Really. Yeah. And part two was just so much more fun. Yeah. It, it, it really, it really went all out with the gremlins aspect. And you see that dark humor in the original, like where they're swinging from the chandel- the ceiling fans and playing cards and shooting yeah. each other when they lose. And But this one went full on, like, we're going to make it a little more silly. Right. And I think it fit. Yeah. yeah Gizmo's was, like John McClane in yeah, that movie. <laughs> He's trapped in the building with, with the gremlins, and he fights his way out. <laughs> exactly. It's awesome. And it was smart. Like, it, you know... And it was smart in, like, of course, it's gremlins, so there's, you know, that's what you have to work with, but, you know, they, they stop them by setting the clocks ahead in the building and making them think that it's nighttime, 
you know, it's, it's actually kind of, it, it wraps around in a clever way. Like, it's, it's, it's not one of those, it's not like a quick cash-in. Like, they, they gave some thought to it, I thought. That was me. So. <laughs> I'm oh, I see that now. now. Well, she, t- oh, that was her other text. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Text storm coming in. Yep. Uh, number nine for me, one of the previous creature features, the blob. Creatures. Uh, bought that, uh, in terms of getting killed by these, we'll talk about it at the end, but that, the blob is probably the worst. Because you're slowly dissolved. Well, actually, I take it back. You're smothered. Yeah. But at that same, you're smothered by acid. That I mean, you're being dissolved while you're suffocating. So not very pleasant. You know, probably takes you a minute to die, maybe a few seconds more or less, depending on how you can hold your breath. So that's what always scared me about the blob. Going back, to, we talked about it on that episode. So go listen to that one if you missed it or if you forgot. Uh, number eight, I went with the pale man from the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth. Now he's he is rather humanoid in shape, but he's not human. Uh, that's the one that has the eye, hands on the table when she goes mm-hmm. in. She can't make any noise, and he puts eyes in his hands. Uh, anything Del Toro does, and there's other creatures. There's some creatures in Hellboy that he did too, especially the sequel. Uh, really good creature design in the Hellboy films, especially in, in any uh, Del Toro film that involves any sort of creature, which is most of them. Uh, I mean, look at the kaiju in Pacific Rim. Speaking of, quick aside and to pad some time on this, did you see the Pacific Rim 2 trailer? Yes. Oh, God. What did... Okay. I'm, they played it before Blade Runner. I should have mentioned it on that episode when we talked about that. Actually, this is the Back to the Future segment a little early. <laughs> now, yeah. that now that we already brought it up. I'm watching that trailer, and the effects got worse. Hmm. It looks so bad. Like the the original to me, the first one, Pacific Rim. When the effects, when I see that, it still looks good to me. I still, oh, it's so awesome dragging the boat through the city and all yeah, the action. I mean, it's not that far back. Really. Yeah, but this one, brand new, and they, it's like they went. And I don't mean this in disrespect. I mean it in contrast to the original Pacific Rim. They went full Power Rangers with it. Hmm. All like you know, the original had the different Jaegers that had different. Like this is the Russian one, so it had like kind of Russian architecture. The Japanese one had obviously, you know, Asian influences in its art and the way it was designed, et cetera, et cetera. This one, oh, we gotta have the whip arm, we gotta have the one with the big fists. We, you know, it went straight comic book with it. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it looks so disconnected from the original. They don't look like the same movie, like these, like they don't take place in the same universe. Hmm. So, I, am I gonna see it? Yes, because I love the first one. I thought it was fantastic. I love the first Pacific Rim. This one, I'm not excited. After seeing the trailer, not excited. So hopefully these are early effects, and maybe they're going to clean them up before the movie. Got to stop watching trailers. I try not to. Like I said before, like you, now you're a captive audience in that theater. So, like for example, I've not watched a new Star Wars trailer, but yeah. I guarantee you, when I go see Thor Ragnarok, they're probably going to play it before. That's true. So, and I've already we talked we talk about this off the Get air. They're late. Like, I mean, it's the science. That's, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what my plan is. Like from now until uh, the Last Jedi comes out. We'll just wait outside till we hear the trailers are over, and then we'll go sit. Or autumn, I want to go stand outside. You text me when the trailers are over. All right. And speaking of which, in front of Blade Runner, it was like twenty fucking minutes of trailers. Yeah, that's how it is now. Just I'm not even worried about being late anymore. Ugh, god, like that's too much. Mm-hmm. Three, three trailers that are related to the same genre or whatever you're watching to promote that, and let's get on with the show. Yeah. And then no, here's the thing: you watch twenty minutes of trailers, then you got to watch the stupid refreshment commercials. Yep. Which are long as long Always as a fucking trailer. I hate them. Just do the, let's go down to the lobby. Just do yeah. that. Play that before the fucking movie. Yep. While you're sitting in there. And they got to play it like three times. 
Don't play, don't entice me to get refreshments the second that the movie's starting. I'm not going to go eat when, oh, oh, I forgot my popcorn. <laughs> Tell me what happens for the first 20 minutes of the movie while I go wait in line to get my popcorn. No, stupid. End of rant. Sorry. Whew. If only you knew somebody who ran the, you know. Unfortunately, that's not, he's not high enough up to make a difference <laughs> in the world. All the people I know in these industries are like low men on the totem pole. I don't mean no disrespect in that. Yeah. They're just not in positions where they can make impact change, unfortunately. But you can with your dollars. Although you actually can't because if you buy a ticket to a movie, yeah. they There's assume no you saw the trailer anyway. You can tweet them. Yeah. <laughs> While you're at tweet. it, tweet us. At 80s Revisited. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That, number eight was The Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. Number seven, one of my personal f- new favorite, more recent favorites, re- uh, thanks to this podcast and our friends at Now vs. Nostalgia, uh, but Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors. Ah. So another horrible way to die, being chewed up by a carnivorous plant. Mm. Although not as painful as being chewed up by some of the things coming up in the countdown. Mm. Uh, number six, this one might be one that a lot of people are not familiar with, but uh, the fish monster from the uh, Korean horror film, The Host. Mm. Uh, it's actually, I think it's on Netflix or Amazon, if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's a great monster movie. Uh, I think it might have played like you know in some of the bigger cities briefly. It was, it, it was so, it was so impactful. Uh, Made so much money overseas that they kind of limited release type stuff over here. It was a big deal for a little bit until it came out. Right. Uh, but it's when you see this now. This movie came out, I think, in the early or maybe late twenty, like maybe twenty two thousand seven. Maybe it's coming to mind. I'm not. I don't know for sure. But anyway, you'll see that same kind of creature design in a lot of more modern movies now, such as some of the kaiju from Pacific Rim have similar features, more uh, serpentine like uh, quadrupeds. Uh, the uh, monsters in Skull Island, the new uh, Kong Skull Island, the recent film, were very similar and looking like that, to where it's sort of like a, a mutation between like a snake and a lizard and other things, all kind of like combined into one unique looking creature. Uh, so if you haven't seen The Host, I'd recommend that, especially if you like a good monster movie. Uh, top five, all right, these are the big five. Number five, my man, the shark from Jaws. Uh, still, talked about. There's not much more to say about that. I bring it up every episode. Pretty much this <laughs> Halloween horror because we're talking about creatures. Now the shark from Jaws. Just that's a as a kid. I mean, that was just that was terrifying to me. I remember watching Jaws: The Revenge, and I didn't want to take a bath that night. <laughs> just I, I'll take it tomorrow. I just, I just can't take. I just can't get in the water right now. Because even that shallow. Yeah. And see, I, I want to do a short. This copyright eighties revisited. Where somebody's just taking a bath, and then a shark just eats him in the bathtub. Just like, but br- like brutally, like something right. terrifying, graphically, like, yeah, just like yeah. like something, like oh my god, and you know, yeah, childhood fears made real, <laughs> like just like that's that, yeah, that's why you were scared of a shark in a bathtub, yeah, legit as a child. Uh, but anyway, number four, one of my personal favorites and underrated, uh, at least from a lot of the people that I, I mean, a lot of people love this movie, but don't like, or like, yeah, I like that movie, but that's all, that's where it ends, and that is. The Trimmers from Trimmers. I fucking love Trimmers. Hmm. The first two. The other ones, not so much. But the original Trimmers is still, like, that's a movie, if it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah. It's so, it's... It's it a, running around on rooftops but, yeah. <laughs> and rocks. <laughs> and it's a, it, the thing is, it's a, it, it, uh, similar to Gremlins. Yeah. It's a good, it's a monster movie, but it, the people, like, the script and just everybody kind of knows they're making a monster movie. Yeah. And they're going with it. Mm-hmm. And everybody, everybody's acting it real, but at the same time, it's a ludicrous monster. It is. You know, it's just like, how do you get to the ground? And <laughs> but then there's that little insert shot that had to be a pickup shot. It must use these to push itself all at once to move through the ground. 
I've tried to dig a hole in right. my life with a shovel. Digging holes. And is I can't hard. even like get more than a foot deep without like Ugh, and that took like an hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, so but that non but but then they, they throw in all the exposition lines. It must use this to push itself through the loose soil on the canyon floor. Doesn't make sense. It it doesn't cuz it's because still ground. Like, yeah. Yeah. You have houses sitting it's, on it. It's, it's not huge mass too. Yeah. It's not like paper thin, like cutting through this thing. Yeah, I mean, dirt. they're giant, giant worms. Right, so. you would see a hill traveling everywhere, <laughs> assuming it could do it. Yeah, but that, yeah. of course, suspension of disbelief is required for of such course. things. Unless but, it's implying that, you know, if you dig a certain amount of uh, feet down, there's a whole other world down there, and that's where all the dirt's going. <laughs> It's already. They never explain their origins. <laughs> yeah, it comes from a dinosaur world yeah. that's underneath the planet. Yeah, like like they're you know it's reversed. Right, exactly. So, but uh, that's where all the dirt goes. But Tremors, I mean, the creature design, and of course, once you know that movie, you know, you know what the Tremors look like. However, I remember the first time I watched, like, oh, they're fucking like snake creatures because mm-hmm. they never show the big one until they're running from it. We're like, oh, it must be a million of them, and they run, they jump in the ditch, and then it hits the wall, mm-hmm. and then like. It's just one big one. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and like, oh, it's one big creature with the fucking tongues that come out, you know, with that snake. And like, oh shit. So then it it'd grabs make, you and pulls you in. It makes more sense if it was smaller. But yeah, it's scarier, I guess. I don't know. Because it can eat you. That's big enough to eat, eat you whole. for that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, honestly, but now the trimmers are very, not ri- they're not a ripoff, but it's similar to the sandworms from Dune. However, yes. in Dune, they're in sand mm-hmm. and they're absolutely gigantic. Yeah, but you know you can't outrun a sandworm in Dune. You're, if it's coming up under you, go watch David Lynch's Dune. We haven't covered it on the podcast. I know I've told you we will. We'll eventually get to it. I promise. Uh, I just got to watch the four hour long version to right. do it justice for the podcast. But anyway, but you can't get away from a sandworm. A trimmer, you they have some sort of escape. You know, get on some concrete, get on a rock, get on a roof. But then you know the uh, trimmers came out uh, maybe before Jurassic Park. I'm not sure. It had to be yeah. uh, within a year or two or something. Very yeah, so close. Because, uh, you know, the trimmers learn to, like, oh, they, we know they're up there, so then they started digging the houses out, and they laid a trap for them. So, trimmers was 90, uh, Jurassic Park was 93, so. Well, so, yeah. Uh, but trimmers, yeah, still, and that's one a lot of people, I think, maybe have forgotten about. Even though they're still making sequels, but they're, like, direct to Netflix. There was a Trimmers 5. Mm-hmm. I think I had Jamie Kennedy in it. I didn't get through half of it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get enough trimmer action to keep my trimmers attention. Trimmers was filmed in the 80s, for sure, because the release date was January 19th. 1990? 1990. That counts. <laughs> should, have done, should have thought about... See, I, I remember thinking about that, and I just saw the year. I didn't see the day. Right. But so it's we 19 will, days in the 90s, though. But, it, I mean, it, it was completed and ready to go. <laughs> they just didn't show yeah, it until... Yeah. That, that, I think that counts. Might have to do that one day just because I, I love... The, I lo- fucking we'll love it. Tremors. Edge of the 90s month. <laughs> yeah, like the, the end... Things like, that came out in 1990. If we ever end the... Ep- and then, when we end the podcast, we'll do that. We'll do like the last... like Because if, if something came out that first... Honestly, anything that came out in January, February, the first half of 1990... Yeah, it was It's still an 80s, 80s movie yeah. for the most part. I mean, that's in terms of production and everything. But anyway, all right, top three. Number three... The alien from Alien. Can't argue with that. One of the sure. most iconic creatures in history. And again, another thing with ma- things coming out of mouths. You got it with uh, uh, the fish monster and the host had some, if I remember correctly. A Tremors alien has mm-hmm. that. Uh, the number two thing could have that because it's the thing and it could be whatever the hell it wants to be. Could be a xenomorph. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. According to our character uh, showdown uh, a <laughs> long time ago. But uh, And the thing... 
out of all of them, like I wanted to put the thing as number one in terms of a favorite monster list, but there's only one King of the Monsters, and there's your spoiler. Uh, but I think <laughs> in terms of design, Alien is a fantastic design. The Predator is designed amazingly. So is uh, the Tremors, I think. And it's cool. It's a unique idea. Uh, Audrey too, you know, a giant plant, uh, et cetera, et cetera. However, the thing, its appearance and what it is, is and what, or what it becomes when it is revealed, is only limited by whoever's doing the effects is imagination. Yeah. You know, I mean, the dog head opens up into a flower-type shape with tentacles that shoot out, and then it becomes a dinosaur-looking thing at the end, and then when it splits open with the dude, he's like he's turned inside out and everything. It's, it's terrifying what the thing could be. And the, most scar- the scariest thing of all is you don't even know if you're the thing. <laughs> you're just, nope, uh, oh, shit, I'm a thing, and that's it. And who even knows how, like, internally what happens when it's taking over? There's oh, a good it feels idea. So good. Yeah, like uh, it's, uh, I'm coming. I'm coming all the time. <laughs> yeah, as Arnold would say. Yeah, and of course, number one, in my opinion, there's only one top movie monster, and that is the king of the monsters, Godzilla. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Godzilla. <laughs> Still, and uh, God, there, I mean, he, he has like 20, 30 movies total. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's. His staying power proves that he is the king of the monsters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't put Kong on here. I'm not a King Kong fan. It's, Nor it's am me. I. It's got, now, Kong Skull Island, awesome. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to King Kong versus Godzilla. Yep. Godzilla better fucking win. That's all I'm saying. He's the <laughs> king of the monsters, people. Uh, but hopefully, I, I imagine it's going to go the, uh, the typical comic book way. They're going to fight and then, oh no, there's some other threat to right. King Ghidorah shows up with something and then they have to fight together which that's how it should be in my opinion yeah because i want if i if you're gonna finally do this big budget wise nowadays and it's gonna look as good as the recent godzilla and the recent kong skull island looked go all out mm-hmm. get all the monsters in and just have global destruction and have them team up have yeah. them fucking high five all that shit i want to see that that's not gonna happen <laughs> but that would be awesome bring fucking jet jaguar back if, if, if I'm watching King Kong versus Godzilla and Jet Jaguar shows up, I will fucking scream like a little girl in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I would deafen somebody doing that. Try to move away from the mic. But yeah, there is no other King of the Monsters aside from Godzilla as far as I'm concerned. There are, you know, plenty of princes and dukes in monsterdom, but there is only one king. now and future king, and that is Godzilla. Uh, score-wise, however, for Rawhead Rex, I give it a three. Wow. Now, actually, I'll take it back. I'll, I'll, I, it deserves a bit higher than that because I would watch it again with, like, the 4K or with a commentary track or something like that. Um, replace the monster. Give it a good-looking one. Then what would you rate it? I'd probably give it a six at least. Really? So I mean, the storyline story, and everything? The story isn't... The, the core story is... There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that this monster is terrorizing an Irish trailer park. <laughs> and... The acting is subpar, not, and yeah. it's just it's it's other things. Clyde Barker had a great idea. In fact, I might go track down the story and give the story a read and report back next week on that if I have time. Yeah, because uh, I would be interested in that. Uh, so that's not the problem. The yeah. problem is everything else. Yeah, it's like uh, Pixar says: you can have a great idea and give it to a room full of idiots. Or that's they don't use the term idiots. Uh, you know, you give a <laughs> you give know. you give a great idea to a room of or to a group of untalented people, and it's going to be garbage. You give a bad idea to a group of talented people, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the latter. 
or the first, the prior, excuse me. I always get those confused on the fly because <laughs> my brain works faster than my mouth. My mouth works faster than my brain, I should say. But yeah, so this one is definitely the black sheep <laughs> of this year's Creature Features. Uh, however, if you haven't seen it, if, if it's, a, it's a good, like, how, if, you're, if you're having a guy's movie night where you're just watching, excuse me, bad movies and you want right. to watch something to make fun of, it's worth a laugh. It's worth watching. It's not like Xanadu, I gave like a four or three or two. What, I think that was still the lowest one, maybe next to Jaws of Revenge. I don't remember now. Well, uh, if we ever have that guy's thing, which, God, how long ago was that when we watched? Uh, Deadly Prey? Deadly Prey. We all went to... None um, of us were married, I don't believe, except Mike. Yeah, we want, all ate meat at a... Uh, we called it M3, Men, Meat, and Movies. Yeah, that's right. And all our the group M3 of manly summit. men went and ate at Texas the M3 D Brazil. Summit. That's what it was. Yeah, the M3 <laughs> Summit. And then we went back to Jesse's and watched Deadly Prey, and our lives were forever changed after watching that film. Well, that, we didn't watch it in Port Allen, right? Right, that was your old house. Or the Holy crap, so that had to be over six years ago then. Yeah, long time ago. And we always said, oh, we need to do this again, and it's never happened. Hard ticket to Hawaii. Exactly. That's just why I, sitting ben, on the shelf. Ben's telling me that all the time. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for the right time. Because <laughs> I, I, and, uh, I watch movies I have on my flash drive on my TV with the mm-hmm. input, and it, on, it's on my flash drive, so I can, it's ready whenever we have the guys together. I can pull it out on my keychain. Yeah. We can watch it right now. Uh, however, uh, on my TV... When you have them plugged in and one file ends, it doesn't just stop. It just goes to the next one. Hmm. So I've actually seen the first 10 minutes of it inadvertently like, what, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's, it's a chick. It's just a chick with all of them. like, what are you watching? I'm like, I don't I know. Don't it's, know like, it's a chick with, I'm like, holy shit. I don't know what I'm watching. What the fuck is this? And it's, it never hit me because I'm trying, I'm going through, okay, I had this on the flash drive. I had this because I haven't seen it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then it shows the uh, main actor who's from Bold and Beautiful. I'm like, holy shit, it's hard to get the white guy turned off. I can't see any of this just yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Ben, I, t- I, I keep my promises. Yeah. I promised we'd have an interview with the Creep Show Museum guy, and we did. We're going to have another part of that soon. i got to get in touch with him for, yeah. the, ne- for the finale. But uh, I-, I keep my promises. It might take a long time. Sure. But I keep my promises as best I can. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Uh, Only human. Back to the Future, we kind of did the list uh, for that. So let us know your favorite movie monsters, if I left any out, or if, what, you know, what do you think? About it, uh, 80 visit at gmail.com, at awesome pods, at 80 visit on Twitter, at awesome pods on Facebook and internet and all that kind of stuff. And also, as always, shout outs to our friends far and away, Now vs. Nostalgia, John and James and Lafayette, and of course, Ben, the Tasmanian Devil Wyatt mm-hmm. at the Asia Mania podcast. And before I go, speaking of Ben, as promised, yep. I have an email from going to remind our you friend Ben Wyatt. To the end. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and he says, hey guys. It's been a while, so I should have a few things to write about. Trey, you didn't seem too keen on the new It from what I remember, but I thought it was perfectly fine and not really scary, except the room with those scary fucking dolls. I thought it... When we were watching that, I was like, Ben's going to have a heart attack in this scene. Because <laughs> uh, the room... Well, you, you saw it, didn't you? The new It? Yeah. I have not. Okay, sorry. Well, that's not a spoiler, but there's just a room. And in fact, when you watch that's it, fine. one of the dolls is Tim Curry from the original. Oh, cool. We made it to look like him. Uh, scary, <laughs> but... Uh, he didn't find it scary except for the room with those scary fucking dolls. Uh, hold on. My food waiter's calling to get into my apartment complex. So, uh. <laughs> Hello? Come on in. See, I'm not, I'm not lying. Uh, so, well, my food's not there. around here. Waiter's like Uber Eats. Okay, yeah. There you, yeah. <laughs> waiter's not, kind of a southern thing right now. Hmm, I don't know that. I figured it would be. It originated in Lake Charles. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Learn, learn something every day. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my favorite scene was the one with the projector in the garage. That was cool. I remember that scene that in the trailer and li- like that part. I just watched the original It for the first time last night, and I thought it was laughably bad in every possible way except for Tim Curry's performance. I don't mm. disagree with you. And any of that, and like I liked it. I just it, I didn't find like you said I didn't find it scary. Uh, I find Tim Curry in reality standing there like we don't think we talked about last episode more infinitely more terrifying than a CG clown. That's just personal preference. And also I'm not I'm not beyond the possibility of the fact that I saw Tim Curry's it when I was like 12, 13 years old, and that obviously makes an impression on you when you see that at that young of an age, mm. or whenever it came out, uh, whatever year it came out. That's all what I was. Uh, but anyway, he goes on to say, I wrote in about Creepshow 2 this time last year, so I don't need to talk about that again. Uh, I thought the blob was fantastic the one time I watched it and was pretty surprised when the guy I was expecting to be the protagonist got picked off early. Thoughts on the supposedly happening blob directed by Simon West and starring Sam Jackson? All for it. Bring it on. I want this motherfucking blob off this motherfucking plane! <laughs> All about it. Like, the blob's a movie... You know, when I talk about remakes on the podcast, I'm talking about there, there are some movies... As we've talked about before, that I believe I don't think you, there's no purpose to remake them. Now you can do a do a sequel. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about Jaws. That to me, like you can't remake Jaws. We talked about that a few episodes ago. Back to the Future. That's like, ugh, how are you going to do that? Nope. Uh, you know, and in my opinion, the original Halloween, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, the original Texas Chainsaw. You know, the, the the pinnacle of horror movies always had a special place in my heart, which I've talked about before. So those are the ones that like, and also when you already have sixteen sequels, whatever. Yeah. You don't need to reboot it. Reboot it by just doing another sequel. That's, you know, you just don't say you're don't put the just change the names. Don't make it Nancy Tompkins, or don't make it uh, Laurie Strode. Just make it okay. This is another story about this killer. I'm yeah. fine with that. But like the Halloween remake with by Rob Zombie. Ugh. Well, actually, <laughs> I think I said before. Hell yeah. I'm, okay, Rob Zombie. This might be something good. He has some good source material here. My opinion, uh, but yeah, like you know, uh, a, a blob with Sam Jackson, all for that. <laughs> you know, and again, I, I like the 1988 one. I think it's a, I think it's underrated. Again, a pinnacle of practical effects. Uh, and he goes on to say, I never seen a pumpkinhead movie. I remember seeing a VHS cover of it as a kid, and it looked really scary. And I kind of forgot they existed until your recent episode on it. <laughs> I never forgot it, but same way, like I talked about on that episode, like you heard me say, Ben, that that cover always fascinating. Like, well, what is this? That is mm-hmm. so creepy looking. Uh, and let's see uh, at this stage the chances of me going to Wrestlemania are slim but I won't rule it out completely I haven't watched WWE since the last Mania so wrestling isn't even that big of a selling point but many of you guys would be great if I get my house money from my ex-wife by the end of the year then I, will really, I won't really have an excuse not to go so it will be up to you guys to hard selling on flying over there like I said <laughs> Ben you're always welcome uh, of course Wrestlemania's going to be he brings that up for our listeners because uh, Ben's in Tasmania like I mentioned before uh, but WrestleMania is in New Orleans again this next year, 2018, yeah. or whenever it is. And he's been talking about maybe possibly making it for that, and we have obviously extended our hand and uh, friendship uh, to hopefully he comes because it would be awesome. I, I recently, he just recently went to England to meet other podcasters and all that and had some hilarious fucking adventures from what I saw uh, with some red leather pants. So go listen to the Asia Mania podcast to get that story and follow <laughs> Ben on Instagram. I mean, uh, Twitter and all that stuff for that, too. But uh, lastly, Trey, it's, it's Halloween Horror Month, and one of the most important ingredients to horror films are the practical effects. What is your opinion on practical versus CG effects? I don't think you've ever spoken about this. Smiley face, wink. 
<laughs> I'm being sarcastic, of course. Talk again soon, guys. Hugs and kisses, Ben. P.S. Autumn is welcome to Tassie, any, Tassie anytime she likes. You motherfucker is what I thought immediately. But then I, then I read the P.P.S. I suppose there's room for you too, Trey. So all is well in the, in the world. So, Ben, thanks for writing. Long-ass letter. Email, I should say. Appreciate it, my friend. Always good to hear from you. Glad you had a good time on your trip. And like I said, any, any, whether it's WrestleMania or not, if you ever make it over to the United States, hopefully your travels will take you somewhere, either here or close by, to where we can definitely meet up and have a good uh, conversation and a pint. And maybe watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> if I haven't seen it by then. But anyway, that does it for this episode. Next week we will be... Oh, it's so sad. We're ending our Halloween horror coverage. And it will be destroying your eardrums on October 28th. Because on my 20, okay, I did have it right on here. I'm just making sure because I, I did all my other things based on a Monday and not the Sunday. So October right. 29th, the finale for this year's Halloween horror. It's going to be a big one. That's all the hints you get. But anyway, until then, anything else to say, Jesse? No. Because <laughs> okay, you, yeah. So I guess that's it. So what, what? I'm just while we're talking before we go off. What's the runtime right now? Or it's going to be a little biased because uh, we. It's 43 minutes. Okay, so we're at, oh, good. we stretched, stretched it out long enough to, <laughs> to be a, hopefully somebody's to and from work tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, until then, until next week, everybody, I remain Trey Harris. Jazzy Sedgley. Cowabunga! Raw head! Raw head!